Thanks and welcome to everybody who's joining live and to those who will be listening in later. This is the ninth space in a weekly series called Adopting Bitcoin, a conversation with Beloy. We're here to hold discussions with thoughtful leaders about Bitcoin and Lightning adoption and about enabling communities and institutions to use Bitcoin as money, which is our mission at Galois. Today, we have two guests who have been active contributors to the Bitcoin ecosystem for over a decade, since 2011. And they have been early adopters and proponents of the Lightning Network for four years already, since 2018. Their Berlin-based company, Fulmo, which means Lightning in Esperanto, is focused on research, development, and consultancy for the Bitcoin Lightning Network. And they are the organizers of the Lightning Hack Days, which is a technology and building-focused unconference. Get into what that means in a little bit. And also of the Forever Lightning Conference that took place in 2019 in Berlin. Their co-founder is the lead maintainer of the free and open source Lightning Node package Raspi Blitz, which makes it fairly simple even for non-technical users to run a sovereign Bitcoin and Lightning Node from home on affordable hardware. Fulmo are currently preparing the next iteration of the Lightning Hack Days, which will take place in a little under a month in the metropole of Istanbul, Turkey. And I'm very happy that they are taking the time from their undoubtedly busy schedule to come and talk about building the Lightning Network with us today. So welcome to our space, Jeff and Rutzol from Fulmo. Hi. Hi there. Good to be Hello, here. what's happening? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jeff is rolling with the puns already uh, in the intro. Fantastic. Um, guys, before we jump into uh, our, uh, our topics for today, um, would you please introduce yourselves for the listeners uh, that may not, may not be aware of you because the ecosystem is so big or because they're, they just only joined uh, recently? Please, uh, Jeff, would you would you start? Yes, hi, um, I'm Jeff. I'm Berlin-based Bitcoiner. Um, as you already said, we founded Fulmo about four years ago and focusing on the Lightning Network, which I've been following before that for a bit. And um, I've been doing various things uh, in the Bitcoin space. What focuses is sort of uh, community work, work and event stuff, um, which is also why we started doing lightning hack days, as you said, and conferences. And I personally also try to help out with other conferences um, and was was quite happy that I could, um, could be involved in adopting Bitcoin a bit as well. A little bit more in the background, um, just giving my opinion mostly, but still it was fun. It was absolutely fun, and your contributions uh, were, uh, yeah, widely celebrated. I would say. I mean, the hack space uh, that Fulmo uh, took the lead of and under Ru Rutzol was, uh, yeah, in my opinion, always a sensation and a great place to meet uh, hackers and builders. Um, so yeah, please don't underplay your contributions. Uh, it was, uh, yeah, amazing. Well, it wouldn't be if it wasn't for people like Roots. You Q, you Q. Yeah. Rutzol, go ahead. Uh, can we hear a few words about yourself? Yeah, sure. Um, basically, uh, I met Jeff at uh, the, our Berlin Room 77 Bitcoin meetup uh, in, in Berlin. So that's, that's kind of where we, where we met. And also with the smaller hackathon, uh, Bitcoin hackathon, uh, Jeff was, was, was organizing at the sea base in Berlin. Um, and this was kind of for me the jumpstart in, into Bitcoin. I was always or, or, always interested, of course, uh, in kind of the idea of money. So after my studies, uh, as, as computer science, uh, I was I was was saying I will now work here for all the rest of my life for money. So what is this money? So I had a little journey there, um, and of course this was combined with the financial crisis. So there was a lot of material to dig through. And of course, Bitcoin came up there, and and it's always fascinated me um, to dig deeper than into it. And together with Jeff and the Room 77 crew, that's kind of my journey. 
Um, I connected a little bit also um, in the CCC community, so the Chaos Communication uh, Club. Uh, they always make big events like camps and congresses. And together with MZ there, um, I was then kind of getting early uh, managing the event spaces there. Um, so at the assembly organizations um, and um, just basically as a meeting point there for people interested in, in, in Bitcoin. And um, so, so this is at least a takeaway there a little bit like and a little bit from there, I think I, I got very inspired about those, those, those um, hacking setups, like having really just this table, having this table with a lot, with a lot of tech stuff on it, uh, a network to connect to and, and just, and then people can show and bring their projects and, and show them to, to, um, to the others. And together then we can, you can start to understand uh, in the hands-on kind of way uh, the technology yourself. And basically that's, I think, was then when Jeff asked me uh, once about if, if I like to join the, the journey to, um, to, to bring lightning forward um, and, and do this, those hack days, uh, I said, yes, uh, let's do this. And this was exactly a thing where we then started like on the first hack day just, just everybody's interested. Hey, we, we see this lighting thing. This, this, this we, we want now. We want to understand it now ourselves because this was all new. And the best thing is to get the people just together and to teach each other um, our our kind of ideas. Or do we understand it right? What's possible here? What 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 solutions are missing? Where do we need to work on? What could be cool projects? And and basically there from the hack days, then the recipe blitz uh, project started. So based on the the tutorial from Staticus, uh, how to run a Bitcoin full node and a lightning node on a Raspberry Pi and just starting with this tutorial and then putting it more and more into, into, into scripts, into shell scripts and making it easier to really automatically install um, such a full node. And basically over the years now, together with, the, with, with all a lot of, of people from the community and the contributions, just grew to a bigger project, what it is now. And so, yeah, I think as an introduction, I think that just should be fine. Oh. Yeah, that's perfect. Um, I'm, you mentioned uh, that uh, you're both Berlin-based, and uh, I assume like uh, you met in a physical place. Um, and I know that from hearing, like I haven't uh, really dived into the Berlin scene, but I was more in, on the southern side of Germany. Um, but can you talk a little bit about the Bitcoin Berlin scene? I, I heard that you have a really long-standing meetup maybe one of the oldest you had i think like you mentioned the room 77 which is world renowned as maybe the first brick and mortar place so can you describe a little bit how this all came to be in berlin what kind of environment did this all grow in and uh yeah how did it, how where did the spark come from um yeah i mean as you said uh, there was a time when Bitcoin wasn't well known and it wasn't in all of the papers and we didn't have nation states adopting it. <clears throat> so everybody <laughs> was, who was interested would basically just go to Bitcoin talk at the time. I think it's still around, but not as, in my perception, not as important anymore. Maybe it still is. I don't know. Um, and that's... That's the meeting place maybe 10 years ago where, where people would look for other people to talk to about um, about Bitcoin because apparently that's what people do once there's this sudden urge to talk to everyone they know about Bitcoin and nobody really wants to listen to them. So it's really important to find <laughs> other people to talk to. Um, uh, apparently we're still doing this today. So um, and, and back in the day before people weren't allowed to go outside, you had these places called bars where people would meet and have drinks and food sometimes. And there's a place in Berlin called Room 77. And it existed before Bitcoin. But the owner uh, really early on decided to accept Bitcoin as a means of payment and is, unless proven otherwise, still the, the, the first brick-and-mortar place in the world to accept Bitcoin, which pretty quickly resulted in being established as the Berlin meeting place for Bitcoin. As well, so the meetup is also, uh, unless proven otherwise, the, the long, at least the longest-running meetup in the world. And and, and Room 77 became kind of this um, this place where sooner or later everybody at a certain stage who was involved in Bitcoin 
from the international community would would come to and at least hang out for for one night and get their own story and and have have some interesting talks and just just meet you know it's basically a bit little bit like a twitter space but in real life <laughs> <laughs> that sounds very enticing um but uh yeah difficult to imagine uh, nowadays with all these restrictions around so yeah i mean so so this ran for for quite a while and quite successfully i think like over the years i don't think i'm exaggerating if i say that pretty much everybody or, or like even most bitcoin core developers and later on all the lightning developers everybody sooner or later came into seven at some point um, even the people that were Bitcoiners but became, um, I don't know what the name is, Ethereans. <laughs> <laughs> so, so legend has it that, that um, people like Vitalik, for example, um, were also there and, and he kind of perceived or like um, started the idea of something that was going to fix this, the supposed flaws of Bitcoin. Um, so, so it's a pretty important place to to bitcoin history and unfortunately it was closed down about a year ago um, reasons um but as you know it's, it's for some time for some things the time there's a certain time and the room 77 time it was already on overtime sort of and, and last year no actually two years ago in 2020 october i believe it closed its doors forever and i don't think we're going to see it again the, the Bitcoin Berlin crowd moved on. There, there are more places that do accept Bitcoin and Lightning by now, which are equally um, fascinating, a little bit different, but, but also great potential hubs for, for the Bitcoin community. And having this place in a city where you could always go to and you would always find people that you could talk to about Bitcoin and any, pretty much any given night or day, but it was mostly nights, um, I think also also um, acted as a as a great adhesive and as a great uh, sort of melting point for the local community, and it's probably one major reason why why the Bitcoin community in Berlin um, is has sort sort of such a long-standing tradition, combined with the fact that um, there there's. Berlin itself um, is also this melting pot, um, pot of lots of different ideas, like a certain subversiveness, a certain um, sort of entrepreneurial spirit at one point, but also um, sort of anti-capitalist, um, uh, what should you say, like feel. And uh, on the other hand, so so all like this, it's this mixture of all the things that are attractive to different people, which kind of added this into this this great mix of of different of different people and also people discovering Bitcoin early on for for their all for their individual reasons, and they could always come to to Room Seventy Seven to meet other people and exchange ideas. And um, I'm curious, like this was in like over. 10 years ago when this started and um, for example nowadays merchants for example in El Zonte in Bitcoin Beach um, they can just put a QR code a static QR code on their point of sale that uh, people can scan with their lightning wallets and pay the merchant um, this was non-existent at that time so uh, I'm curious like how did it work uh, I mean were there even wallets at that time that you could uh, carry around on your phones to make payments? Or how did that work at that time? Well, as far as I remember, the first times there were people coming in with their laptops and they would type the whole address for payment using Bitcoin Core, which was which was at the time called so-called Bitcoin QT. Um, so you would just enter it manually and then you had on URL shortener service, I think it was .to slash something, e, E4 or I, I something, which you could use for aesthetic address in room 77. So they would always use the same address. And then relatively quickly, um, again, this, this might just be a myth, but it's still a nice story. Um, Andreas Schildbach was one of the early people coming to room 77 as a regular, and he was kind of annoyed that... He had to pay with his lab time and he's a Android app developer. So um, 
out of that frustration, or so the story goes, he developed the first mobile wallet, which is called Bitcoin Wallet for Android, which is still around today and updated. And I think it's, it's still like, it's kind of um, not really the wallet du jour, but it's still very functional and does everything it needs to do. So, so they quickly used Bitcoin Wallet for Android for, for their regular payment. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, I, uh, and uh, yeah, nerdy to see people coming in with their laptops uh, and to make a payment with their magic internet money. Um, but yeah, things have evolved quite a lot since then. So yeah, and then uh, later, I mean, we once we're talking about the payments at Room Seventy Seven. Um, later on, we had um, when Lightning came into play um, early mid two thousand eighteen. We had one of the first Lightning events of one of the first lightning hack days, or actually the first three lightning hackers in Berlin. And um, I see René is listening as well. So um, I think he was involved in setting Room 77 up to accept lightning payments, which marked another sort of first, a world first, because I think it was the first real world transaction done on lightning at Room 77 on mainnet, where somebody paid for a beer. But now that I'm saying it, I think there was not René, but um, actually roast beef who paid for the world's first beer. And uh, René came on, um, updated at least Room 77 a little bit later on. Um, and he's, he's in the audience. So uh, I think he could just tell the story himself if he wants to. Yeah, we'll definitely open up the space uh, for our listeners so they can hop onto the stage in the last quarter of our space. Um, but uh, what I wanted to ask you, since uh, you have been organizing all of these um, get-togethers for hackers and also the Lightning Conference, um, can you maybe speak a little about the importance of physical meetups with Bitcoiners um, and get-togethers. I, I mean, Bitcoin is digital money, so the digital space is um, kind of ideal to, to exchange ideas. And um, also, Bitcoiners are dispersed around the world. Um, but still, these pockets, uh, like in, Bitcoin, uh, in, in Berlin, where people can meet face to face, what do, you, what do you think about the importance of bringing people together to work on Bitcoin? Um, well, humans are social animals. <laughs> so as much as you can abstract certain things online, it tremendously helps to get to know other people, speak to them and kind of uh, exchange ideas with them and maybe like work on projects, develop common projects and um, just get to know people. And sometimes it's, and also build sort of lifelong connections. And, and this is, this is one part of the many connections that the Bitcoin network has as a whole, as a network effect that people actually, um, I mean, it's um, drink together, eat together, build together, um, and just do regular people things that are not yet possible online. So having this kind of meet space experiences every now and then um, are pretty helpful. And they're also informal there. You can go a little crazy and have some ideas and argue passionately about stuff um, as people have done for thousands of years. And I don't think that's going to change, even though the metaverse is eternally around the corner. Yeah, absolutely. I can totally confirm that um, Yeah, meeting Bitcoiners in MeetSpace um, has contributed to my personal um, journey and catalyzed uh, it um, on my way to understanding Bitcoin and building conviction uh, and to, to get time and hands as well. Um, and we're going to talk about the Lightning Hack Days um, in, in a couple of seconds that you guys are currently um, preparing for that is going to take place in a month in Istanbul. But what I would like to ask, uh, now Rutzol is back on stage, as I can see. I hope his app does, his Twitter doesn't crash. Um, I wanted to talk about the state of Lightning. Um, since you've been involved like um, very early on um, and uh, started to uh, contribute and do also consultancy, I think you started to work with C Lightning and uh, LND and and uh, I'm curious, like, how do you see the development of Lightning in the past years? 
I think that's one for Roots. Yeah, sorry, just uh, have a, I don't know, this, this Twitter app is not liking me today, so somehow, now I'm back connected, but it, uh, my Bluetooth headset is not completely not, not there, so I'm just working with an old headset, which has, on my old phone, which has some problems, that's a long story, so, sorry, sorry, so I'm a little bit out of it. But we can hear you all right now, yeah, that's so. Good. I, have to, <laughs> I have to press yeah. the microphone into the phone at the moment to have a stable connection, yeah, it's a little complicated, it's so fine, um, but uh, sorry, it was a little bit out of the conversation for the last minutes, sorry for yeah my question was about so you've been um like involved with the lightning network since the early days i i think jeff mentioned that he um he read the white paper in 2016 and uh, you built the company in 2017 and decided to get involved and now it's been um five years um since uh, since then and um like, how do you see the development of the of Lightning and the Lightning Network in the past years? Oh, um, the, 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 the good thing is, um, compared to what we see saw in Bitcoin the development, was that that Lightning has had a very very fast pace. So so you really could see where in Bitcoin everything is very cons kind of conservative, slow moving. A lot of stuff is moving, but it's it's, it's a slow moving process. You could see really this this last years uh, in Lightning. That there was so much uh, development happening, uh, it's really hard, sometimes hard to keep track of everything. So even for me personally, I'm, I'm sometimes so um, uh, focused on on just getting uh, getting the recipe bits running and updating stuff that I'm basically often not not have the time to play with everything in detail. So I'm also very I also very need those community events to really catch up on some some things. Uh, so we really, really. We just lost you. Okay, um, is it just me or did we lose roots? Not just you, I'm here. Oh, I'm sorry, I need to reconnect then. Kamal, are you, uh, you still around? I, I'm still around, um, can you hear me? Yep. Yeah, it appears that we lost Ruth. So, Jeff, you're not alone. Yeah, Jeff is having trouble connecting as well, uh, it seems. Um, yeah, so maybe I'll. Um, so now, yeah, let's see if we can get him back to stage. Um, maybe I can tell a little bit about my personal experience. So, um, having been at the Lightning Hack Days, um, uh, that was in 2019 in Munich. Um, I think around the time of May, um, it was, I think, price-wise, the first time after 2017 when the Bitcoin price started to go up a little again after a prolonged bear market. And um, yeah, it uh, was a great experience uh, with a lot of, like I met a lot of great builders, um, Rene Picard was there, and um, Ben Ark, and Matt Corallo, who from Spiral Beach Square Crypto. I don't even know if he was at Square Crypto at that time. And um, no, he was at yeah. Chain Code, I think. Oh yeah, and he was working on uh, Rust Lightning, so basically already doing the same thing he's doing right now. Yep, yeah, perfect. Um, so. I, I see that you reconnected. Maybe we can also get uh, Rootsol up on the stage one more time. Um, but yeah, I was just saying, like describing a little bit um, the, the Munich hack days that I personally experienced. Um, so maybe let's jump into that a little bit and um, get back to the state of lightning uh, a little later. Um, can you tell us a little bit uh, when and where is it happening the next uh, hack days and uh, what can people expect uh, from the concept of a bar camp or an unconference and how does it compare to like regular conferences uh, maybe also to adopting Bitcoin um, yeah what are the differences and what can pe people expect oh well nothing compares to adopting Bitcoin <laughs> but having said that <laughs> so the um, as, as Ruth mentioned earlier um, in the beginning the idea was to figure out the Lightning Network, because we started doing this in early 2018 when 
Lightning switched to mainnet for the first time when it was hashtag reckless. And since nobody had a proper idea, we kind of wanted to do an open format, just um, basically meeting for a day or a couple hours under one common theme, basically exploring the Lightning network, uh, which later changed to building. And uh, after, after not having been together in real life for a longer time with some notable exceptions like adopting Bitcoin or maybe even Bitcoin 2021 in Miami, but there was relatively few live events. Um, we decided to sort of go back to the roots, um, pun intended, <laughs> to um, just see what, like, what's what's the actual state, what projects um, are out there that are maybe new, or like, where do we stand? And just invite everybody who's interested to come to to see for themselves to show what they are working on, um, and doing that without any sort of pressure, if you will. So. You can just come, basically hang out. You're highly encouraged to contribute something. So if you have something to say, um, you're, you're invited to, to give a little presentation, a demo, a little speech, um, which is kind of organized impromptu. That's the sort of bar and conference part. We do not pre-schedule them. So ask speakers to, and, and kind of schedule speakers for the whole week, for the whole event weeks in advance. but it's done in the morning of the event um, also to see what, what is interesting and to kind of get a feel for the crowd and to get little groups together that can also talk, talk about certain topics, which could be, um, it's either like, it could be something like setting up your, your full note or your lightning note for the first time. So something rather um, on the beginner's side, uh, or it could be something, and that's just an example from the past year, something uh, talking, um, discussing the advantages of Taproot for Lightning, which is now already um, more of a reality. But but there's basically, um, there, there's no, we don't, everybody can bring their, their, their content and their desires, what they want to learn or what they, they want to show others, or maybe some hacking projects where they say, like, I would love to... Um, get a group together to work on a specific problem and maybe on an existing free and open source source software project. Um, and so we got, we got all different kinds of people coming that are already confirmed. It's, um, it's still four weeks to go. And in these times people um, decide to attend events like this relatively short term and on short notice. So I'm expecting to see a lot more coming or sort of confirming their presence. Um, but as for now, we have um, BTC Pay Server, the, the Bitcoin um, design community. We have the Raspberry Blitz project, Alan Bits, the, the Lightning ATM um, creator will also be there with his, um, with the company there that he, he um, founded. I really hope that René is going to make it um, because he's been an uh, somebody who's, who's been to at least two, probably more hack days and um, who's been an essential part of all of them and giving great input and kind of also starting his personal journey um, on, I believe, the second hack day in Berlin. And um, so, yes, basically, um, we basically like set, bring people together, give them a space and um, just see what's going to happen. And for the past times that we did it, it went quite well. Um, there's always a certain risk involved, but usually the people attending are relatively self-driven and self-motivated, and they have a lot to say and a lot of projects to share and a lot of ideas to share. So it's usually a quite um, fruitful and fulfilling experience for, for a lot of people that either gives them new input um, or new learning experiences for the existing projects. And some of them decide to, to look into Lightning closer, to, to follow a certain project closer, or to get involved with um, existing projects. And so there, there's usually something for everyone. And I think, I'm not sure if you can speak now, but Roots wanted to add something to that point earlier. So maybe he can try and um, give his 
opinion or hopes share his perspective as well yeah for those that are interested um the lightning hack days in istanbul will take place on february 25th to 27th friday to sunday and um yeah maybe jeff could you uh, walk us through like uh how how does it all get started you mentioned that there is like participant driven um they get together in the morning and decide like um someone proposes i want to talk about this i want to build on this and um and um and how often does this procedure take place uh, per day yeah sure so um the plan for now is that we already meet on friday afternoon um, in this particular case we'll have two or three pre-scheduled talks they will be more like keynotes if you will that give a bit more detail about a certain topic that's uh, important right now in the lightning space. Um, and after that on Friday, so, so you also already have a first um, opportunity to get some input and also to mingle a bit and socialize because we're, there's going to be a little sort of um, warm up party with some special meme guests um, on Friday after the keynotes. And if it works out, I hope so. <laughs> Not going to spoil it yet, um, but the internet loves it. Um, the, <laughs> yeah, sounds uh, sounds like a great surprise uh, <laughs> that you're cooking up. <laughs> I mean, it's yes, it is. I hope we'll see. Um, then on Saturday morning, there's the assembly where everybody gets together in a room. Everybody presents their or presenters, maybe too strong of a word, talks about their idea, what they want to present or talk on. We form an impromptu schedule where we just like basically put the ideas of the talks on a wall and kind of give it some outline so they don't all happen at once and kind of um, like give, give out rooms and fuel. And then people can just um, go, go to like these specific slots or they can start working on their own things. Some projects take a little bit longer there likely be workshops for, for the Lightning ATM and the Raspberry Blitz and um, Blescomat is coming. I forgot to mention that earlier, which is an, a different Lightning ATM, which is called Blescomat and not Lightning ATM. <laughs> um, the obvious branding was already taken, I guess. So um, you can also decide to, if you want to work on a Raspberry Blitz, you, do, you kind of sit down and it's probably going to take you end of Saturday, but... The thing is, the difference in, um, of doing it at home is that you actually have the development team or most of the development team there. So if there are any questions, they can walk you through it and they can also um, see what what's happening on the side of the user and how maybe certain things can be improved. And there's going people that do provide plugins or, or little, um, what you call like like extra add-ons or plugins for, for the Raspberry Blitz, like... Um, block explorers or, or graphical for, for lightning. Um, so you can basically pick and choose what, what you want to do or what you want to offer, of course. And, and usually people do both. Like people will give a little presentation about a certain topic um, and also like attend as just attendees and then join discussions. So it's kind of open. It's basically, if you wanna, it's also a bit like a, like a structured meetup for the whole day. If you will, it's it's pretty much what you make it. I mean, we have the room, we have the people, and whatever you wanted to ask or talk about um, is, is your with a knowledgeable audience or, or your peers. That that's a good um, location, good possibility to do it. Yeah, I can maybe spoil a little bit about the. I've been there personally myself uh, since I'm based in Istanbul, um, so it's at. Uh, really the old town of all the golden horn uh, to uh, all the major uh, sightseeing spots like the Hagia Sophia and the Grand Bazaar is everything is in walking distance and it's a very very modern uh, co-working space uh, with multiple floors and um, it's brand new I think it was opened uh, just last year um, and uh, there are many meeting rooms uh, for separate uh, yeah, working groups uh, of up to, uh, I think there's a stage uh, with, for for 30 to 40, uh, 40 people. Then there's a second stage for up to 80 people and uh, multiple small working rooms that have high um, internet connections and screens. And um, yeah, basically everything um, 
pretty pretty good standard and technically available um, to to hack around. Um, I see that we have a root soul back on stage. Um, should we maybe give it another try? Can you hear us? Maybe the Bluetooth king still. Um, so I'll continue with you, Jeff. Um, we had last week John Cavallo here already announced that he is going to um, participate with Synonym. And yeah, looking forward uh, you already, to that. Um, and uh, you already mentioned like uh, um, Ben Ark is going to be there and there's going to be a hack table where people can build their raspy blitzes. Uh, and um, in my experience, it's really a lot more convenient to have someone who is very proficient in this um, and who I can go up to and ask uh, how this all works uh, when I get stuck. Um, and um, yeah, um, there's also been a kind of um, many uh, projects that came out of or that uh, began at the Lightning Hack Days. Uh, you mentioned, um, for example, the Lightning ATM, which is a project by 21 is enough. Yeah, he's also um, coming. Well, that's fantastic. Uh, I mean, um, are there um, any any new projects uh, that you can share with us? Is it um, all even a secret for you, since uh, it might it might just develop and emerge at the hack days, or um, any special pain points or challenges that should be addressed during these days uh, in regards with regards to Lightning? Um, well, as as for new projects, I hope some of some projects will um, come along and emerge. So Synonym, Synonym is coming. They are relatively also going to sponsor. Um, Fulgo Ventures is coming. They are not. They, they are um, early early seed investor, and they've um, so um, Lightning Hack Days to scout for some early projects, uh, and actually funded them in the past as well. There we have Shift Crypto, which is a sponsor, and they are also coming. They are the they, they um, produce this, this hardware wallet, Bitbox. Um, so um, we'll see what how they can sort of interact with the um, with lightning. But and um, voltage is likely attending, and they they also like sponsor the the hack day. Um, I think, as far as I know, Galoy is also attending, uh, or at least um, some of the developers are, are trying to to solve some problems. Um, Galoy recently had on their open source code. Not saying Galois had problems, but let's say the improvements Galois is looking for that uh, are best solved by, by open source developers um, to also give a better understanding um, about how, how it all works. Um, we did indeed at Galois have some contributions in the past, which we are very excited about. Um, I think just in end of November, Nicola Berti, um, CEO of Galloy, um, wrote, um, announced a bounty basically uh, that uh, it would be nice to have LNURL protocol implemented um, in the Bitcoin Beach wallet, uh, which makes uh, things for merchants uh, a lot easier because uh, they can just um, really, uh, they don't have that onboarding cost of getting a point of sale hardware uh, that generates invoices for the clients or as an alternative to pulling out their um, mobile and um, holding it to the customer, they can just print out a static QR code uh, that has Lightning address encoded, and um, and every customer can just scan that QR code um, and the merchant and basically the the flow, the Lightning flow, the, the payment flow uh, as it goes uh, on the ground is that. Um, the customers, after the successful payment is done, just show their screen with the green check mark um, to the merchant, uh, which is enough validation, uh, it seems. Um, at least there has been no reports of any uh, defrauding uh, with self-payments or, or, or whatever so far. So it seems to be a reasonable trade-off and obviously like reduces the um, onboarding costs of merchants uh, immensely because all they need to do is print a piece of paper. Um, so that's a great innovation that uh, has been added to the Galois stack by 
um, uh, an open source contribution. And I see also Pseudozak is in the audience uh, who gave a shot at, uh, at solving this issue. And um, yeah, and eventually um, I, I think Fiat Jeff um, made the contribution and scooped the bounty. Um, yeah, I mean, I will be there uh, as a representative of Galois. That much is for sure. But Very much looking uh, we'll forward to have... that. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to see you as well. Um, and uh, I'm still uh, trying to, to to convince Hunter um, that uh, maybe one or the other, one of our, I mean, our developers, our developers are, are, are very busy. Very busy. So, so we, you will hear publicly here, we will have at least one developer, if not more than one developer, flying from somewhere around the world to assemble. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, that's awesome. Great to hear. That's fantastic. You heard it here live and direct from the man himself. So Awesome. Hunter, are you coming as uh, well? How about Noor? February 25th, 26th, 27th? Yeah. yeah. I, I cannot publicly commit to that, but you, you may get a surprise visit whether you like it or not. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay, great. All right, we have a almost commitment. Um, that's the best we can get from Hunter here. Um, I want to use this opportunity now to open up the stage to um, our listeners. I, I see we, some uh, known faces and Hack Day visitors. So questions about Lightning Hack Days or about uh, Fulmo in general, uh, please request to talk uh, from the button on your Twitter space app. Um, yeah, we'll... We'll get you on stage. Um, I, I have so. another comment uh, about expected audience, um, which is maybe Hack Day specific as well. We've been doing this. This is the sixth physical Hack Day, live Hack Day. And we've been moving around a bit um, to different places. And usually where there's, there's a good mixture between local and international people. So what's going, what's Surprises to me is um, who's going to show up from the local community from Istanbul or Turkey um, and, and just get to know the, the local community a bit better and see like who's see the potential there. I, I hear it's um, it's kind of nascent, but already kind of a hardcore community. So I'm really excited to see like who's who's actually on location and to get to know all the people that um, are active in, in the in the local Bitcoin scene. Yeah, we just had a meetup here uh, a, um, and with a Bitcoin seminar, and you're right, it's a nascent community. Um, there is quite a lot of people interested in Bitcoin, but they have been dispersed um, in blockchain and whatever communities that are not really focused on Bitcoin, but um, this, with a lot of distractions and uh, always trading related and a lot of mumbo jumbo blockchain stuff. But um, yeah, we've managed to basically, um, yeah, bring all these people together. And um, it's a very um, exciting time at the time in Istanbul. Um, and there is a ton of people looking forward uh, to, to get their hands, to, to get involved and to contribute to the space, uh, producing content and learning about lightning and obviously, uh, the Lightning Hack Day is coming to Istanbul is like a, the, a, a major Bitcoin-only uh, event uh, for the first time in Istanbul and in Turkey. Um, so this is uh, giving people here really a boost and the community um, um, and showing, yeah, that uh, yeah Turkey is uh, also like on the map in Lightning development and Bitcoin development. So that is great and. Um, already have like, um, I think 10 applications um, that reached out to me because I know that I know you um, to, to get involved as volunteers. And um, I, I'm, I'm sure there will be broad participation uh, from the local Bitcoin community here as well. Maybe another word on participating. Um, we do, um, there, there's a ticket shop. The, the event is supposed to cover the costs, um, like just the actual cost. And due to the sponsorships I told, I talked about earlier, we can we'll likely to lower the price as well. Um, but it's designed in a way that it's kind of more it used to be spam protection, and now it's kind of a way also to refinance the whole thing. So people are actually paying ticket price or just for whatever for their actual costs. Um, however, 
we can also give out um, if that's a problem for anyone. I'm, I'm very, really happy to to give out tickets basically for free uh, to people that are enthusiastic and would like to come but can't for one reason or the other afford the the price. So um, basically, if you need a ticket, reach out as soon as possible. We do have a hard cap. Um, of attendees for basically legals. So once it's sold out, we cannot add any other people, but right now there's still space. Um, so if you want to attend and you can't afford the equivalent of 21 euro right now for builders, and just just reach out and we can make it work, especially if you're from Turkey and the local community, but not exclusively. What's the best way to reach out to you? Just on Twitter. Or, on Twitter, yeah, um, to, uh, at Fulmo Lightning, or go to the website lightninghackday.fulmo.org. Um, this is also the ticket shop, and you will find contact information there. Or write an email to info at fulmo.org. Uh, or at Fulmo on Telegram is also fine. I've also seen that you have a Telegram channel specifically dedicated to the Lightning Hack Days. Is that a pub or? Yeah, I mean, it's supposed to be for people who actually want to be there, but I, I guess you can't help um, other people coming in. So um, if you just want to check out what's going on, the, the room is called t.me slash lightning hack day ist for Google. It's a room name. But if you look for lightning hack day Istanbul on Telegram, you should also be able to find it. Fantastic. And um, you mentioned already that there will be subsidized tickets and uh, regular tickets, supported tickets, you call them. Um, how, how can pay people purchase them? And, um, and oh, um, what? this is a lightning hack day, and we need some proof of <laughs> work, if you will. Um, there's basically only two tickets. The, the cheaper ticket for the equivalent of 21 euro and the more expensive, which basically pay for your cost um, and the food. I mean, there's going to be food for the whole event. So that's basically uh, six meals, I think, yeah, for face. And um, that's also that's 149 euros. We might even lower it in the, in the next days to make it more affordable. And those, that's exclusively payable in We Are Lightning. We are using BTC Pay Server for payment processing. And because it's about Lightning, um, and because we want to have people that at least know how to use Lightning, which is already a proof of education that if you if you are able to use Lightning, you have already put some hours of mental work into understanding it. So that's like the least. Um, that's sort of a proof that you you are you are worthy. <laughs> I mean, this is kind of a story <laughs> coming from history when. When everybody, especially in the ICO phase in 2017, 18, there was a lot of people like blockchain people coming to Bitcoin events and at, up to a point where you couldn't really have a Bitcoin conversation at all. So um, I've already owned some Bitcoin and you know how to use Lightning. It's sort of a, a basic spam protection, almost, if you will. So it's not really about the money. It's more about proving that you have skin in the game and you're talking about to a certain level. Yeah. I'm not 100 sure this is true nowadays that it actually filters out people because onboarding to Lightning and using a Lightning wallet and making a Lightning payment has become pretty easy nowadays. But still, um, it works. And uh, I also know from the Adopting Bitcoin conference, um, even we, we only accepted Lightning and Bitcoin uh, payments um, as well. And uh, yeah, I, I think like uh, you've been there. Um, most of the people or almost all of the people, all of the participants um, had a good understanding um, and uh, it definitely filtered some out. Um, and, and so it might help as well. So we have a, uh, we have come to the stage. Um, would you like to ask a question to Jeff? Yeah, thank you for letting me to speak here. The only question I have here is to about the Fumo Lightning Network. How, for example, if someone wants to like um, make a partnership with them, 
to, to improve the Bitcoin Lightning and others. I'm not sure I heard the question right, but I think it went into the direction how it's possible to partner with you, with Fulmo, to, to build on the Lightning. Is that right, Khalil? Yes, sir. Um, well, it's probably best if, uh, to reach out via email because uh, I also didn't quite understand you because it's a bit noisy. But the best step to, to help the Lightning Network in general is, I would say at this point, to um, run a node and provide some, some services via that node. Um, if you can add some liquidity to the network, uh, you can educate people about it, run your own events, um, or for now, just come to the Lightning Hack Day in Istanbul. What kind, of, what kind of node implementation can you recommend and why? Um, I'm personally, I'm, I would say I'm node agnostic. Um, it, whatever rocks your boat, um, there's, uh, as, as in, in the Raspberry Blitz, you can use LND and C Lightning. You can switch between them both and you can even run them both at the same time. Um, I mean, they're still different nodes, not the same node. node. Um, and I think LND is implemented like sort of one click solutions anyways. So, um, you're probably for the beginning uh, going to end up at using going to end up using L and D, but um, you can look around and whatever your background is, there's also um, Eclair, which and I'm not I'm not even 100% sure about the status of um, the Rust Lightning implementation uh, by what's it called a Square. Um, in the LDK, BDK, Spiral. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so that would also be something for the Lightning Hack, just to explore like what where they stand and what they have to offer and um, how it can be used for to, to run like Lightning Node or what, what it generally offers. That would be a topic to explore, for example. And I if remember you, if you that. Like talk about it, there will be more and more topics that you could explore at the Lightning Hack. I mean, that's, that's where many questions either like really specific questions or also broader questions like what's the best implementation for me personally or for my business or whatever that um, it's kind of, I would say it's hard to generalize that. Do you know how many lightning implementations we do have now? Uh, I know that it started with C lightning and LND. Um, those are the two ones that are running also or possible to run on the Raspberry Blitz. Um, you mentioned ears um, by async and uh, Rust Lightning um, from the LDK. Yeah. Um, there's, it's in the works as the LN, LNP BP Rust implementation. I don't think it's fully functional yet. And I think there's a Node.js implementation around, but those are like all, I think they're pretty, pretty niche and haven't really gotten any major traction. They used to be Pitamingan by a Japanese company, but they stopped working on it. They only offer a an Android wallet nowadays, which runs on LMD. The thing is, I'm, I'm not like sure there, there was one implementation lit for a while. I, I didn't really follow that. So there's probably like um, half a dozen in like but you're gonna probably end up at LND or C Lightning, and LDK. The um, the LDK is also up and coming because they have like a lot of support from Square uh, Spiral, so it's kind of promising to see where they are headed. But it's probably gonna take a time, take take a, um, another year or so until they're um, a bit more widespread. I remember that in 2019, uh, Thomas Vöcklin from Electrum was also oh, at yes, the Munich yes. Hack Days. And they announced a Python implementation of Lightning, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, that exists too. I'm sorry, I completely forgot that. Um, you can run, you can use Electrum to run a full node. It's um, fully functional. It's, so it's implemented in Python and it's integrated into Electrum. Yeah, Electrum is uh, 
uh, OG wallet, uh, I can say. Um, and um, they, I think, recently also um, in their 4.0 release um, have offered um, Lightning, um, written in Python, if I'm not mistaken. And um, yeah, is there anybody from the major implementations uh, already confirmed for the hack days? Or do we have to um, still do some uh, inviting um, so they are on board? I know that they have, there's, there's been always representation of uh, major implementations in the past hack days. Uh, can you share a little about that? Yeah, I mean, there was always the goal to have um, one of each, at least one representative, one developer from each um, implementation. Um, I think there's still a bit, little bit more work needed on that front for Istanbul. We have a sort of tentative confirmation developer, but it um, does depend on the international travel situation if she's going to come. And that is only some, that's something we will only know probably like one or two weeks ahead because that's just, um, yeah, whatever the Rona rules will be at the time for entering or leaving Turkey. Can you maybe talk a little bit about that? Uh, I mean, uh, in El Salvador, um, that was also like um, one big um, challenge to tackle uh, mentally for people. Um, um, I, I remember that there was a lot of uh, yeah, hesitation in, for two reasons. Uh, firstly, the international travel rules and the immigration rules to El Salvador. Um, that um, yeah, proved to be not so hard for Bitcoiners in the end. Uh, I remember that at the passport control, when you said uh, you're a Bitcoiner, they just moved you inside basically into the country and it was not an issue at all. Um, and um, yeah, um, how, how is the travel situation to Turkey? Um, is it similar to El Salvador? Um, can you speak a little about that? Uh, should people be concerned or get any um, special permits for that? Well, that's a good question, but I think it's actually you, you who's the better person to talk about that. As far as I know, there's, um, in general, it's open. There's no nothing that singles Turkey out in regards to traveling to other countries. So it's like standard open. And I think there are some countries that are currently not allowed um, to enter or require special treatment. But to generalize that is, um, I don't think you can right now. And it also depends on, the, the concern was also about traveling back to your own country of origin, which is also something that you kind of have to see for yourself. I know like um, one country just lifted um, restriction for returning people so they don't have to quarantine anymore, which was a concern for for some people. So they can, but they might have trouble going back to their country of origin. Um, but I think in general, it's um, Turkey is pretty welcoming. And um, as far as I'm um, informed, the, the restrictions in Turkey itself have been lifted a bit or eased? Yeah, um, so generally, as far as I know, so I haven't made immigration to Turkey for quite some time now, but uh, uh, but uh, generally, since um, um, Turkey is also like a tourism-depending country, um, it can fairly be immigrated uh, from almost any country without a visa, that's first of all. And uh, secondly, um, with Corona, COVID-related restrictions, um, either it's like most countries, either a vaccination status or a, a negative PCR test. So kind of standard uh, nowadays, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, um, like uh, I think like one major reason why the hack days is also happening, not in Europe, um, but in Turkey is because um, congregations like uh, Hack Days with 150 to 200 people can uh, still take place here and uh, there are no restrictions on that end. Um, so that's uh, the status uh, as far as I know. Um, in terms of uh, traveling back, uh, probably depends on the regular respective country. Uh, I've heard that there might be some problems because of uh, in, in relation to South Africa, 
um, because just internationally with the Omicron variant, um, um, they have been, um, I don't know, somehow in the crosshairs, even though the situation on the ground seems quite normal. But um, yeah, um, mostly um, it's easy immigration and traveling to Turkey. Um, in terms of accommodation, I can say that um, there is um, like a lot of uh, accommodation available on Airbnb, like for years now. Um, there is, and, and also for very places, some great places I've seen. Yeah. yeah, so definitely check out if you're interested to come. Um, check out Airbnb and uh, and book a place there. There is really great places with Bosphorus view. And um, either in Bayolo on the old town um, around the Golden Horn area, um, um, it's it's fairly easy uh, to find a really nice place for a good budget. And it's it's comparatively cheap. I mean, from from all major European airports, flights are relatively cheap, and uh, accommodation in Istanbul also has to do with um, the running inflation. Which is, of course, yeah. not good for the people, but for visitors right now, I think it's a relatively good time if you if you are budget oriented. Yeah, absolutely. So, in terms of uh, traveling, I think Turkish Airlines uh, has the, Turkish Airlines has their hub here in Istanbul, obviously, and is very well connected. I think they were one of the ma only major airlines that never shut down uh, their lines or never canceled any any line. And um, yeah, I mean, inflation, obviously, uh, who hasn't heard about it is going here, uh, especially um, in November and December. And um, the, I think one euro was 20 lira at one point, uh, shot up to 20 lira from lira in the beginning of 2021. And um, yeah, so prices haven't really adjusted. Partly because there is a lot of shaming going on if merchants actually raise their prices. Um, but yeah, um, so definitely, um, um, yeah, for tourists it's uh, fairly cheap and uh, and uh, and inexpensive to to make that trip, where be it uh, with Turkish Airlines or uh, on the ground. All right. Can you, can you, I have a question. Can you actually take a bath in, in like, do you have, <laughs> are, are there city beaches? I, I there are, actually. I know it's cold right now, but still, like, you know, ice bathing or something, is that possible? It is. It is possible. There are a couple of beaches. One, there is um, uh, one that you can actually do even some uh, windsur uh, windsurfing and kite surfing and even some wave riding surfing in the north of Istanbul at the Black Sea shore. Um, but I would suggest that uh, that is something to be done rather uh, in May, June, and uh, in the following month. Uh, it might be a little cold jumping into the Bosphorus uh, in end of February. But it's so, technically possible without dying. <laughs> it, yeah, I mean, um, you know, Vito Seller, he likes to, to do these uh, cold baths uh, yeah. in frozen lakes. Mm -hmm. So he might be he might be someone who could do that. I wouldn't dare to. <laughs> so we have this ice, ice bathing challenge. That could be yeah. indeed a, a thing. So Saturday, uh, Sunday I'm... morning. Okay. Just, <laughs> just let me know if you're in. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Um, we're all already a little bit over an hour into the space and we've heard about uh, from Jeff and from Roots who had a little bit of a connection problems today um, about the lightning hack days uh, that are coming up in Istanbul in February 25th, Friday to 7th, Sunday. It's going to be a three-day event uh, full of building, full of hacking, uh, participant-driven um, self-organized sessions. Uh, there's going to be a surprise performance on Friday, we heard. Uh, so I, 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 I think Jeff is going to keep that a surprise until it emerges. And um, yeah, so if you're interested to, to uh, learn more about this, you can go to the webpage lightning.hackdays. Wait, I butchered no, light, that one. Lightninghackday.fulmo.org. That's right. Thank you. Lightninghackday.fulmo.org. 
if you are interested in reaching out for business opportunities or for participation, if you want to become a speaker, you can reach out to Jeff at info at fulmo.org or hit him up on Telegram under his handle Fulmo. Is that right? That's correct. Yes. Perfect. And uh, thank you guys for uh, uh, being our space today and uh, telling uh, the history of Fulmo, the history of Lightning Hack Days, uh, the early Bitcoin community in Berlin, and the importance of bringing Bitcoiners together in physical meetings. And um, next space uh, will be next week. And uh, again, on Thursday, this time we'll have Lord Fusitua from Tonga, who recently announced that his little uh, state uh, is going to adopt maybe Bitcoin in 2022. Uh, so he has a proposal drafted and intending to bring it into parliament uh, to be voted on. So make sure that you don't miss that. And with that said, thank you for joining and see you next week. Thank you for having us and see you next week or in Istanbul. See you guys. Have a good Bye -bye. day.